Hello and welcome to this audio edition of the Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. Thank you for joining us. On each episode of this program, Earl, a former LDS bishop, interviews a former Mormon guest about their journey out of Mormonism and into an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. These stories are encouraging, fascinating, and often moving. For more information on the Ex-Mormon Files internet video program, please visit exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. And now, here's Earl. Good evening and welcome to the Ex-Mormon Files here in the heart of Salt Lake City. I'm your host, Bishop Earl, and I'm happy tonight to introduce to you Diana Matthew, who also happens to be Carla's sister, which makes her my sister-in-law. And she's come here to share her story. So welcome, Diana. Thank you. Glad to be here. This will be interesting since we know each it other will so be. well. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your time as a Latter-day Saint. You well, I was born in the Covenant, yeah. um, active all my life, yeah. um, did all the usual childhood things, the primary and the, the young, young women's women. and yeah. seminary. Yeah. I didn't graduate from seminary, however, because I was involved in student government, oh. so I missed that last year. Here in Salt Lake. Yes, and I was very, felt very guilty <laughs> about that, had, had a few people put me on a guilt trip about that. Hey, did you know that now I think you can graduate in three years? I think they have three-year. Oh, graduate they've changed it instead of just four-year graduates. Yeah, so I, knew I, I didn't finish four years. I did not finish that last year. <laughs> so you consider yourself a real active Latter-day Saint? Went Very to active. The church was so much to me. It was everything. It was my comfort zone. Yeah, friends and family friends, family. And yeah. Yes, it was an enjoyable place to be. Yeah. I loved being there. I loved all the activities, all the dinners and the, the dances and yeah. a lot of cultural things that went on, yeah. and they were wonderful. Yeah. I loved it. Mom and Dad were married in the temple. They were. My yeah. mother was very active. My father was uh, very less active. Less active. But he uh, became worthy, temple worthy, when Carla and I went through the temple. And got married. And so got you, married. Were, you were married in the temple. I was married in the husband. temple, yeah. but I, I did it out of obligation. I didn't. Really? Well, and it because... It was a goal, I, wasn't it? it? Well, it was, but it was expected oh. um, by his parents, by my parents, and family. I mean, it was just expected. That's what we To, to think you'd do anything do. else would be wrong. And huh? I thought that Salt Lake Temple was so beautiful. Yeah. You know, I was anxious to get inside and see yeah. what it was like. And it is beautiful inside. Yeah. The, the walls, the surroundings, it was... What did you think the first time you went in there? I was in shock. Were you? Ah, yeah. But, you know, I was so in love. And it was two days before I was getting married. Right. <clears throat> I've got a cold, so excuse my voice here. But uh, I didn't understand any of it. Yeah. And I, I knew that I would learn to understand it. Yeah. But it was a little frightening to me because I, I thought, how am I going to memorize all this and what does it really mean? Yeah. So there was a little, little bit of intimidation there with it. Yeah. Did you have a testimony of Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon? And had you read them and you read know, the book? I didn't really have a testimony of Joseph Smith and the Book of Mormon until probably seven or eight years ago. Really? 
you know, all the time I was growing up and my teen years and and early marriage and I liked the church. I I was being a part it? of I no. What? I didn't know much about it. You prayed about the Book of Mormon or anything? Um, or? Some, but I really started praying about it when I became a uh, teacher in Relief Society. Well, do you think there are others in the church, young women and, and even into their 20s and 30s maybe, that have that same experience? Absolutely. That they really don't know the church, they're only doing it because mm -hmm. it's expected and family expects it? Right. And do you, you know, so? Jesus didn't see much of Jesus. I remember at Easter and at Christmas, the programs, and when I'd watch a movie like The Robe or yeah. Jesus the Christ, or yeah. um, I'd get that deep feeling about Jesus, and I knew that he had atoned for my sins, yeah. but uh, it was few and far between. Yeah, it just wasn't brought up much in the church. Okay, so you you get married in the temple, and you're active I in did. the church, and yes. and you have a child. I know, and uh, and my husband became inactive, but I, I stayed active. Yeah, and then we were divorced. Oh, how did that make you feel? Um, really bad, and I didn't understand what was going to happen with the forever family thing. Oh, uh, you were still married in the temple, yes. so to speak. But yeah. and my daughter was so concerned. I mean, she was just a tiny child at the time, but yeah. when she got older. What's going to happen? Are we all going to be together in heaven? And because you and dad are divorced, and dad yeah. isn't, you know, in the church, and we are. What's going to happen? And I remember sitting in um, primary, singing "Families Can Be Together Forever," oh. and Brandy was brokenhearted, and so was I. And wondered what's going to happen yes. because of this divorce. Yes, it was. That's interesting. It was very gut-wrenching. Yeah. Just that song alone was gut-wrenching. Yeah. Puts you kind of on a guilt trip, and or at least Oh, it does. It, yeah. So what happens next in life? Well, and then I, uh, my husband and I got divorced. Right. And I met a gentleman from India. Okay. Which is interesting. And you know, most Indian people are, are Hindu. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. But he was from the southern tip of India. St. Thomas went into India and uh, yeah, I've heard that. Uh, Christianized yeah, some. so many of the Indian people. And he was Christian. And he was Christian, and he was very strong Christian. Wow. And I just thought, oh, I've got to get him into the church. <laughs> get him converted. So I had the uh, ward missionaries come over. Yeah and talked to him, but he wasn't interested. Never. He was very supportive of me and what I did Being for the church, the church, yes. Yeah. But uh, he had told me once that he had a, a special experience with Jesus. Wow. He didn't tell me what it was, Yeah. but uh, he, he, he radiated Christ. He really did. He was a good man. He was a very, very good man. Yeah. And it's so odd now to look back and realized that he, he knew what was up, but I didn't. Wow. And I thought I, I had it all. Was he ever critical of the church or just supportive? Just supportive. He was yeah. never critical. Interesting. And you yeah. were trying to convert him and never did, I guess. No. No. But now he and I are still friends. I've seen him and yeah. told him, well, oh. I'm out. Oh, you, he knows you've, yeah. you're a Christian. Yeah. Huh? So. Okay, so you go on in life and then what happens? Well, 
he and I were married for what nine years or so. Okay. And we were divorced, so. Okay. I've been divorced twice, and uh, um, I stayed active. Yeah. There was a period of inactivity yeah. after I divorced him. Yeah. But then I became active again after that. And but it was. And don't you always feel guilty when you? Oh. Inactive or you? Horrible. I mean, we, we know we're not perfect in the church, but we never consider ourselves sinners, so isn't that funny? Uh, and I felt so good when I started going back again. And yeah, and doing the right things. Right, doing yeah. the right things. Okay, so then I guess the big big thing is Earl and Carla give you an announcement. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew Earl, Earl, you, <laughs> Earl. Um, was having some problems of some sort yeah. and that had gone on for years and finally Carla got it out of you what was going on yeah. and when she came to me and told me you know Earl does not believe the church is true and I thought and I don't say this to flatter you but of all the Mormon especially priesthood holders yeah. that I know for him to come out of the church this is uh, it, it's unheard of. It's, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was totally inconceivable. To me, too. And I wanted to think that you were dark. Yeah. Ah, he looks dark, you know. Carly, he looks dark. And you're just going to follow him. And, and well, Carly and I belong to a Bunko group. Yeah. And they're all very active LDS. And yeah. it was uh, a very tough thing when, when uh, you and Carla came out. It really strained these friendships. And they're still strained. Yeah. But you remained active. I did this. for several months. Yeah. In fact, you and Carla went the rounds. We a went the bit. rounds. We, in fact, there were times when we wouldn't talk. Maybe four or five days would go by, and we which wouldn't talk. Really which unusual. is really unusual yeah. for us because yeah. we talk every day. And uh, it, yeah, we butted heads. We we yelled at each other. We. Uh, it was just upsetting to think oh, that we left the church. Yes. Yeah. And I just wasn't ready to. To let go. Yeah. I had moved into a ward that I loved. Yeah. I loved the people in this ward. I still do. Yeah. I was happier than I'd ever been in my life. Yeah. And I was teaching Relief Society and leading the ward choir and on every committee there was and just the people and the bishops and the And you even got ready to go to the temple. Got I your temple did. I paid my tithing, which I hadn't done very regularly through the years. Yeah. But I paid my tithing and got my recommend and got ready to go back. Yeah. And oh, it just felt so good. And I was close friends with our uh, state patriarch and his wife. He lives in the ward. Lives in the ward, yeah. and I was so close with them. Wow. And now there's such a, a gulf between us. Mm -hmm. But I went back to the temple, and it was funny. Um, we had a, a stake temple day, the ladies in the ward, or a, not stake, a ward temple day. Right, right. And... Uh, we went and I was excited and I, I didn't have my own temple clothes, I had to rent them, but and they were there helping me through everything. Yeah. But I sat there and I thought, you know, this is so quiet and peaceful and it's beautiful, but it's there was just something really odd. It felt odd to me. Really? I, I hesitate to say evil. Yeah. But it just wasn't pushed me a little further and I, I could say that. Yeah. It wasn't really warm and fuzzy. No, it, it wasn't. It left you cold or something. It did. It left me with a kind of a cold feeling. Wow. Interesting. 
Then you had another experience just not long after that at an Easter program. Tell us about that. Yes, I was uh, leading the choir for Easter. Now, I had started to question things a bit. Yeah. Because you guys had talked to me a little. And uh, the speaker got up to uh, speak, and he talked about his son and his son's mission and, oh, home teaching and all kinds of different things. And then at the end uh, of his talk, he said, well, it is Easter, so I guess I should probably talk about the Savior. Isn't that funny? And I was up on the stand because I was leading the choir. Yeah. And I said under my breath, do you think? <laughs> and I hope nobody heard me say that. I really do. But I felt a little sarcastic. Yeah. Well, and that then funny. within that same amount of time, um, maybe the same month, I was in Relief Society. Yeah. And my patriarch's wife, actually, we had a lesson on the judgment. <coughs> I'm losing my voice. Ta yeah, take it. Pardon time. me for just a moment. Sure. <coughs> she said, and I had never heard this before. Oh, you can put it up here. But she said, you know, Joseph will be standing there with Christ, they never call him Jesus, of course, um, when we're judged. He will be there as our, as our advocate. Yeah. And I raised my hand. I was, I was really starting to see things that weren't gelling. Yeah. And I said, I'm sorry, but there's no way that Joseph Smith is going to be standing up there next to my Savior Judging as us. my advocate. And I got a few dirty looks, and I actually got up and left oh, wow. the meeting. Well, I knew about this story, and so I took the liberty of actually looking up in Bill McKeever and Eric Johnson's book in their own words. And I want to share this with you just in case you think Diana's uh, making this up. It says, if we can pass the sentinel, Joseph the prophet, we shall go into the celestial kingdom. If he says, God bless you, come, come along here, we shall pass every sentinel. There will be no danger that we will pass into the celestial kingdom. He also said, no man or woman in this dispensation will ever enter into the celestial kingdom of God without the consent of Joseph Smith. Every man and woman must have the certificate of Joseph Smith Jr. as a passport to their entrance into the mansion where God and Christ are. I cannot go there without his consent. And last, Bruce R. McConkie, if it had not been for Joseph Smith and the Restoration, there would be no salvation. Is that kind of blasphemous? That is just... <laughs> but that's so, so Mormons say that, that Joseph will be standing there welcoming us in and being our advocate. And, and I think so many Mormons look at Joseph and praise him as much as they do Jesus. Yeah, yeah Christ. One thing I wanted to go back to is you mentioned that we shared things with you. Was it out of anti-Mormon literature? No. Yeah, it was just out of church? No, you, you shared things with me about some falsehoods in the, in the church. Yeah. And in the Book of Mormon the and in history and doctrine. So yeah. And it got me thinking yeah. a lot. Yeah. And then finally, when you, you gave me the challenge, just read the words of, of Jesus. In the, start in, a start in John. Get a red yeah. letter Bible and start. Isn't that amazing? In John and just read his words. What did you and, think of and that? And pray about it. What did you think? Well, of course I was prideful. 
<laughs> and I, uh, but I said, whatever, Earl, it's the Bible. It's not going to hurt me, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and so I started reading John, and uh, then I went back and read the other three Gospels. Yeah. And read a lot of Paul's epistles as well. Right. And prayed, and it was like, bing, it was like a light went on. Is that right? And the blinders, the scales literally fell off my eyes. Wow. And it was so joyful. It was, it was unbelievable. And I remember when it happened, I don't know that, that you would call that a born-again experience or not. Probably not. Well, but well, I, might, yeah, but I called is. you and said, Earl, we got to talk. Yeah, that was a joyful phone call. I and I was over to your house, lickety split, and we had you had stuff out on the table, and we <laughs> covered stuff. Yeah, it is interesting to read J Jesus and Paul and Peter and and see what they did say and what they didn't say. It's a, just amazing, isn't it? So, what um, what happens next then? Kind of. Well, you just <laughs> I just started reading the Bible so much. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. And so many scriptures jumped out at me that I'd never really even paid attention to before. Wow. Like, um, it's about the cross. The preaching of the cross is to them that <coughs> perish yeah. foolishness, yeah. but to we which are saved, it is the power of God. Yeah. And the one about, I think it's in Ephesians, if we or an angel preach any other gospel, yeah, it might be Galatians, but Gal yeah, Galatians, it is, other, yes. Yeah. Then what I have preached, let him be accursed. Yeah. And he repeats it again. Yeah. Um, and that's why it's important to read those words of Jesus and Paul to see what it is that they're actually preaching. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it all started to really fit together, yeah. the puzzle. Yeah. So what does Jesus mean now to you? Oh, he's everything. He's my best friend. I talk to him when I go to bed at night. I talk to him when I get up in the morning. And I talk to him all day long about dumb things, doing my dishes or whatever. I mean, I'm just yeah. conversing with him all the time. And the Bible means so much to me, and I can't believe that for 60 years I hardly even just picked it up. Ignore, ignored it. I just ignored it, except for the few scriptures that we would yeah. pull out of it in church. Yeah, to prepare your Relief Society lessons. Yeah, to lessons. support Mormon doctrine. Why do you think that is? Why, why, what is it that the Mormons aren't seeing? I think that we're so brainwashed. And so... And, uh... So superficial. I mean, just what you were saying, you never really read the Bible. Here's God's Word, and you mentioned one other scripture that you mentioned was, Heaven and Earth shall pass away. But my Word shall never pass away. Yeah. So here you are, or here we are with the Bible, carrying it to church every Sunday, and not knowing uh, at all what it says. In fact, I was in Sunday school one day, and this was right before I, I quit going. Yeah. And one of the sisters said, get Diana, she knows that scripture, that's her favorite one. And I, I had been reading John, yeah. and they were studying the Book of Mormon. Yeah. So I had to fumble and figure out what scripture it was they wanted me to read, which I did, but I was realizing that's it's not. Yeah. It's not true. Well, one other experience that I'd be remiss if we didn't share was a few months ago. You took on yourself to do what? <sighs> to go to my fast and testimony meeting. After it, a year or so. It had been a, yeah a little Close over a year. To a year. <laughs> and uh, 
to share your to share my to witness to them about what I had found out. And uh, I know when I walked in, they thought, "Oh, she's come back. She's yeah. called herself to repentance." So many people were smiling and uh, happy to see me, and and that didn't last for long. I got up to the pulpit and I, I told them about Jesus. I told them about grace. And that it's a free gift and that we need to accept it. Yeah. And that good works are not, that isn't what we need to do. We can't do anything right. to, to, to please God. And I said, it's like standing at the foot of the cross and looking up at Jesus and saying, what you did was not enough. Yeah, sorry so, you about know, that. But. We'll, maybe we can meet halfway. And, and uh I quoted several other scriptures about the Bible and talked about archaeology. Yeah. And uh, I know you prayed to have the bishop stand his. Oh, his seat. as I walked up, I I said, you know, please, Lord, keep the bishop in his seat. And my patriarch was sitting out in the audience as well, mm -hmm. and I honestly saw him rise up a couple of times, and he was looking up at the bishop, and I swear there was a force there keeping them in their seats. Uh -oh. There were a lot of people there that day. There were b baby blessings and confirmations, and yeah. I'm just praying that there was somebody that maybe listened to picked up on something that I said. Yeah. Well, you never, you just never know because it takes a while, even for for all of us to to be uh, to come to the conclusion that there is something different and there's something more. There's something with Jesus and the Bible that we just didn't appreciate as Latter-day Saints. When I think about Jesus now as being my older brother, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's uh, that I know now that He is God in the flesh. Yeah, that's so amazing. That is amazing, and it's so powerful. It? Yeah. So, so prayers are a little different now. Prayers are very different now. Yeah. They're ongoing all day long, and they don't have to have special words, thee and thou. And yeah, just a relationship with Christ. It is. It's a, just so, a so different. One on one friendship, relationship with Jesus. And I love to call him Jesus. Yeah, we just didn't, don't do that. We always, I always said Savior. Or, or Christ, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't even know that I said Christ very often, but um, you got just a couple of minutes left. What do you say to the Latter-day Saint people? Oh, I say to the LDS people, and you know, I hate to use this little metaphor of mine, but I had to to use this to put things in pers perspective for myself. <coughs> Pardon me. This earth life is a drop of water in the oceans of eternity. Yeah. And we have this one little earth life to make that choice to receive the free gift. Yeah. And by doing that, we will be able to live with our Lord and Savior Jesus forever and be co-heirs with him. And I say to the Mormons, put your pride away. I was there. I was prideful. It's hard. And don't be afraid. And yeah, you're going to risk family relationships and friendships, but you've got to think of the big picture. You got to think about what is Jesus thinking about you, not your husband or the or the bishop or yeah. It's How Jesus. How am I pleasing the, yes. the ward members or yeah? And make that decision because you'll never ever regret it. Wow. You have 
we have relationships with people. Uh, what do the Mormons think about uh, Christians generally, do you think? Well, I've heard it said, and I used this when I got up to witness, Did you? that I'm a born-again Christian. That really didn't sit well. And um, I know that many of you think that being born again means eat, drink, be merry, go do whatever you want, you're going to be mm -hmm. saved. But that being truly born again, you long to please the Lord. Yes. And there's where the good works comes from. Right. It, it's automatic. It's not because you're being told to do it. And how many people have we met that have been born again that would eat, would you would never even think of them trying to eat, drink, and be merry? I mean, this is so not so many. It's not in their nature. Absolutely, because they want to please Christ, who mm -hmm. lives in them, and they live in Him. That's something else to the Holy Spirit, yeah. how it takes over in your life. Yeah. In fact, I said to a friend. I'm a citizen of heaven. Yeah. I was having kind of an argument with this couple, yeah. and they really gave me a strange look. And I've never been able to clarify that with them, but I know that I'm a citizen right now of heaven, yeah. and that is so amazing. Yeah. It's such a great joy. And the Latter-day Saints, they're just the grace and the works. And you know what comes with that? What you were mentioning several times throughout your story here is, is the guilt we feel when we're not doing enough or you know you climb up the ladder a little ways and then you sin and you drop down the ladder again you know it's so different when you have this trust in Christ isn't it it is it's totally different and knowing that he accepts me for what I am and yes you know when you turn yourself over to Christ you you repent and repentance is a, a constant thing I mean we all fall short of the glory of God so oh, and here he is he is truly our advocate with the Father because he came to the earth, paid for our sins, and so he has the right to, uh, to be our advocate to have paid for our sins. He does, and he's knocking yeah. at the door. We just, oh, yeah. Well, I know we kind of asked this question already, but you've got just a second left. What, uh, you tell the Latter-day Saints to open up their Bibles and read that? Oh, definitely. Open up your Bibles. Get a red-letter Bible. Yeah, see what Jesus really said. And yeah, and look at say. just those red, yeah, what he said, and and pray about it. Yeah. I mean, don't trust me or what I'm saying or what you're saying. Right. Trust God. Yeah, He'll let you know the truth. Yeah, He will if you really ask in faith. Well, Diana, our time's up. Our wow, time's that went all fast. Gone. It does go fast, but I appreciate you sharing your story with us. Well, thank you. Sweet lady. And, and love I you. love you and Carla so much, and yeah. we almost lost you here. Thanks. Good night. This has been the audio edition of The Ex-Mormon Files. The Ex-Mormon Files is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City. For information about this program, including past and current video episodes, please visit exmormonfiles.com. From there, you can also download audio episodes of this program. If you have an ex-Mormon story you would like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Please write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon. Music